Welcome to the Successful Hairstylist Podcast, where you can find loyal, high-paying clients, raise your prices, and hit those 10K months in any economic climate. Let's get started. As you guys can see, the title of this training today is Five Signs of a Terrible Customer Service Experience. And this kind of cracked me up as I was doing research for this and just putting everything together because I really feel like we take so much for granted the right things that we're doing, the essentials of like a just a baseline fine visit. I was having coffee with a friend last week and I was sharing, you know, we both own businesses, so I was just talking about things and she was like, "Oh, hairstylists do consultations? Like my hairstylist of 9 years has never done a consultation with me like I don't even know what that looks like I don't even know what that is and the thing is that she has good hair so it's not like her stylist is not talented or dropping the ball but like it totally shocked me and totally blew my mind so I really wanted to talk about what makes a bad experience for our clients and if you tuned in last week you'll see that we're going to be touching on like creating that luxury experience with our guests. And I almost felt like I went too fast, right? Like I started talking about luxury experiences last week and I'm like, wait, maybe I should slow it down. Let's build the foundation today of like, this is the bare minimum of what an experience can look and feel like in order for a guest to just feel cared for or like they had a good time. And then from there we can build because the thing is, if we're trying to add in all of this fancy stuff or all of these extra things onto our experience, but we're still doing any of the five things we're going to talk about today, it's all in vain. Like it's still going to blow up in our face. People are still going to not come or no show you or cancel their appointments and not rebook and all of that, which obviously is terrible because then every single month we're starting from scratch. We have to fill our books. It's really exhausting. So yes, so that's what we're going to talk about today is five signs of a terrible customer experience. We want to create ultimately these experiences for our clients where they leave really happy and we feel really good about how we're showing up for our clients. Um, we want to have loyal clients. We want to charge high-end prices and have clients who value the experience, who send in their friends and family, who come back time and time again and try new things. Like that is the goal of what we're doing here. And the long-term vision of your salon is to continue to raise your prices um, and eventually work less hours, have the pricing that allows you to make great money and have these loyal clients who would do anything for you who are going to keep coming in. So creating a good experience is a huge part of that. For a long time in our industry, I feel like technical skill was the most important thing, right? Like if somebody could come in and just get the haircut, the blowout, the color that they wanted and leave, it didn't really matter what the experience was like because they're like, whatever, I got what I needed, I'm happy. But in this new economy, in this new age, even with social media and all of the information, all of the options that people have, 
it's a really different time where we do have to amp it up and beyond that we need to be good about communicating what makes us different as well so these five things i'm going to be sharing you know obviously why they create a bad experience but i'm also going to talk about ways to make sure that you are doing them ways to make sure that you're on top of it and as part of this conversation i would love for you guys to write out your customer service experience like just write it out um i know many of you have probably never even thought about doing that before but what would a perfect visit like if you were on top of it if you were at a 10 with every single client what would that experience be like what would the conversation sound like what would the vibe be like between you and the client how would you be showing up and i think it's important to do this even though we never even think about it because again on the good days we're in the zone it comes natural we don't even have to think about it we are like in it we are it it's like this perfect flow but we don't always have good days right we have days where we're tired where we're exhausted, where our personal life is kind of impacting how we're feeling and our ability to be our best. And so when we take the time to kind of define what our experience is like, it's easier on the hard days <laughs> to show up that way and have boundaries even when we're feeling really good because we know that when we're feeling a five out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10, we are going to be supported and still having and delivering this amazing experience for our guests. Okay, so I'm gonna share five signs of a terrible customer experience. So number one is lack of empathy, okay? Lack of empathy. And you guys are gonna be surprised because a lot of these are really soft skills, okay? so soft skills are really defined as more of like the emotional intelligence they're about communication they're about how we show up and make other people feel right the technical skills i have no doubt you guys are really good at that okay i have no doubt you guys can wow anybody with your actual technical skill but like we know heads are attached to people <laughs> and so we have to be good with people so the, so number one is going to be lack of empathy. You are not showing up for somebody in that way that is actually connecting with them. The thing is that people don't just want to be listened to. They want to be heard. And a step further from that is that they want to feel understood by you. Okay, I'm just going to repeat that one more time. So people want more than to be listened to they want to be heard and more than that they want to be understood so a perfect example of this is like if you guys are in partnered or in relationships or even with family i have times where i am talking to my husband and he is just busying himself everywhere and i'm like are you even hearing me and i get mad and he can repeat word for word what i said but that still doesn't feel good to me, right? I don't feel like we're connecting. He is listening. He can repeat what I said word for word, but I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling understood. I'm not feeling like a priority. So how can we show up and have more empathy and more presence with our clients in this emotional way that isn't like 
taking out our soul for every client, but just showing them like, I don't only hear the words coming out of your mouth, I understand the point of what you're trying to get to, right? So ways to do this are just going to be actually communicating what that you're having empathy for them that you hear them so that could be you know saying okay what i'm hearing you say is blah 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 like is that right or so that then they can confirm they can know that you said it it's also just saying like i hear you right and really just having that moment with them that's like i hear you like that has to be hard or that has to be frustrating or i could totally see why you feel like that and I know that this is hard sometimes because people are irrational and we are dealing with something very personal, right? Like hair is extremely personal to people. And so the emotions get complicated and messy even about hair because it's more than hair. It's about maybe they're aging, right? They're noticing signs of aging. They are noticing fluctuations in their body. They are whatever like we all go through these experiences so it isn't always hair it's all it's typically about so much more so being able to even in your consultation or even later when people are talking to you being able to be like i hear you you know i'm holding space for that right now and then moving on to like and these are the next steps or going to do in order to take care of that or do you think that this would help you feel better or this so it's like really being able to show up in that way helps because when we are talking to someone about something that we care about if it's our hair if it's anything like that and we just feel like they're half there half not and they're just like trying to move on it is such a turnoff, right? I don't care if I walk out with the perfect hair, I am not probably going to come back, okay? I'm definitely not gonna refer my friends. So that was lack of empathy. So number two is difficult to reach. Okay, so five signs of a terrible customer service experience. Number two, difficult to reach. And I know that this is already going to start sparking some emotions. It's kind of a hot topic in our industry about how available to be for our clients when booking and everything like that. But I believe that this really comes down to setting expectations and just having good communication. So in the industry, I really have noticed two extremes when it comes to communication, okay? So either you're the stylist who feels like you have to respond immediately and you actually get anxiety if you don't respond, like you're like, no run, I need to just take care of it or else I'm gonna think about it all night. I'm gonna be super stressed out. I just have to take care of it right away. So that's one extreme is like having that immediate go-to feeling and then oftentimes uh, starting to resent people for messaging us, starting to get frustrated when, you know, all of that. And then the other extreme that I see is being so steadfast with the boundaries that like if somebody messaged you on a Friday, they wouldn't hear back from you for three days, right? Like 
we're either jumping at every message or having strict boundaries around our weekend or something like that. So I personally believe that there's a balance here. We have to think about how people are going to communicate with us outside of their own work schedule. So we can say, I'm open nine to five, for example. Well, they work nine to five, so they're going to message us outside of that time frame. They might message us on the weekend. That's when they get everything done. And so I believe we need to find a balance in this area because when you can't reach <laughs> the people that you're trying to pay money to and form a relationship with, it is incredibly frustrating. Um, and it just really starts everything on like a stressful foot. So a compromise, and I think this is about you deciding what you want to do um, that feels reasonable, right? That takes into account, for example, that a lot of people might contact you over the weekend because that's when they're off of work and taking care of their life, okay? So I, what I practice in my business is I get back to people within 24 hours, okay? I feel I have like first of all the people that experience this with me I've never had a complaint about not being able to get a hold of me um, or anything like that like because they trust oh I'm messaging her at 6 p.m. whatever she's gonna get back to me by 6 p.m. tomorrow cool and then they do know if they need something more urgently like what that looks like but that's so rare that happens so 24 hours is typically a great amount of time. I don't think anybody out there would be frustrated at not being replied to sooner than that. Like that's so reasonable for everybody. So even if somebody messages you on Friday night when you're out with friends, you don't have to get mad. You can just quiet the notification and know that tomorrow you're going to have time set aside to take care of everybody before that 24 hour mark. So I really like this. Um, I also think that this is good. Um, if you guys have read The 4 Hour Work Week, which is a great book, it's by Tim Ferriss, um, super popular, but he even goes a step further and he says you need to set times. And this is hard because as like in our industry, our schedules aren't the same every day. So use this as you can. But he suggests setting certain times that you respond to people. And so this wouldn't be public information like, okay, every day at four, I reply to people. Like, it's not like that, but it's just for your own peace of mind and your own schedule. So it's like, okay, at 8 a.m. and at 4, at 4 p.m., <laughs> I check my messages and I reply to everybody and that's when I take care of everybody. So then you know if someone gets to you outside of those timeframes, you're going to get to them the next day no worries. You aren't going to have that stress. And then more importantly, your clients aren't going to have that stress, right? So then once you find your thing, so if you do what I do and it's, I'll get back to you within 24 hours, the next part is just going to be laying that foundation for your clients. So maybe that's on your booking website. Maybe that is an automatic message that goes out when people message your Instagram, like whatever your vibe is, as long as you're communicating it and people understand how to reach you and when they'll hear back from you, I feel like you're going to be fine. Again, we want to make it easy for people to book with us. 
We want to make it easy for people to say yes to paying us money um, and getting in with us. And so we don't want to wall ourselves in so hard that it makes it difficult for people to trust that we're going to be there for them. Because that's what it's about, right? Is like, it's not about like, wow, Sally, like you need an appointment at 11 p.m. WTF. It's more just about they're doing it when they can. And then they have to trust that we are going to show up, listen to them, and take care of it and handle things. That's literally it. And once you can establish how that dynamic is going to work, you're going to be totally fine. Because being difficult to reach is definitely a part of like a bad experience because it breaks trust. It's like, I don't trust that I'm going to hear from you in a reasonable time. I don't trust that you care about me booking with you. Like it's a whole thing. So that really helps with trust. Okay. So the third sign of a terrible customer service experience is going to be rushing. Okay. And I know that this is going into like time management and all of that, but rushing is a super stressful thing that everybody can tell what's going on when you're rushing okay <laughs> like you're probably talking faster you're probably moving faster you're probably rushing what they're saying a little bit and i understand that things are going to happen sometimes it just is what it is a lot of chaos is happening days get away like our day gets away with us people are wanting to add on things that you know we thought we could do but now we're realizing we can't actually do it so it's really like with rushing again and a lot of this like is coming down to expectations which is one of the five signs so that's going to be the last one that we talk about but i think that if you're in a situation where you are really behind and you have to be busy and like kind of be in your head Cause that's how it comes off right when we're rushing typically we're just we're more in our head we're not as present because we're like dealing with a lot of things so you know we're not going to be as talkative we're going to be doing things a lot faster than maybe we usually would so they can like see our bodies faster our breathing's faster so i think when you find yourself in those spaces because our goal is not to have like not to never rush our goal is to limit how often we're rushing and then also be able to communicate really well when we are in that circumstance so when you are in that being able to communicate it right and just be like look we added this in so i'm gonna have to work really quickly it's gonna look differently than other visits that we've had but just I'm here, just trust me. Um, I'm just gonna be talking a little bit less cause I'm really focusing and here we go, right? So calling it out and talking about it, you're calling your client into the process with you. And again, you're building trust. Like if you're just rushing and they don't understand why or what's going on, it's just going to feel like maybe they're a problem, right? Like, wow, like, I shouldn't have asked for that thing that I wanted to try because now it's a problem. Like we never want our clients to feel like a problem, like an inconvenience, like we don't have time for them, like we are annoyed that they're there, like we really have to manage that, okay? So rushing is huge. Okay, so number four is <laughs> something weird, but it's called thoughtless language, okay? Thoughtless language. So 
This one is going to surprise you guys. And obviously the opposite of this would be thoughtful language. So we want to be thoughtful about how we're communicating, but thoughtless language in our industry mostly shows up when we're using our jargon. Okay. And I've talked about this before a lot of times when it comes to consultations, when it comes to your social media presence and everything like that is like, we have to get good about using the language of our clients. So, um, I feel like a good example or a good parallel of this is going to be the insurance industry. So my husband works in the insurance industry. And if you think about it, all of those words sound like another language, right? Like, and they're confusing. Like, what does that even mean? Like deductible, copay, out of pocket, this specialist, primary care, like PCP. There's like so many abbreviations. There's so many different things. And depending on how they're put together, they can mean different things. So it's like, it's very clear when we look at an industry outside of us, what that looks like, right? So if you have a good insurance agent or a good insurance experience, it's usually somebody who breaks it down, makes it simple for you, talks to you in plain language, right? We need to make sure we're doing that with our clients. Now, this is like, we have the smartest, like most, like people just know more about hair than they ever have, right? Because of YouTube and posts and tutorials and everything like that. Like our clients now, no more than they ever have in our entire like industry's lifetime. And so I think because of that, we almost want to default super like technical and high level in our jargon because we're wanting to prove something to them. Like, I want to prove to you, I know what I'm talking about. I want to prove to you that I have had education or I want to prove that I know the trends and things like this. But what happens is it's actually a turnoff and it actually creates disconnection in the relationship because you could say, and like, I'm sure this has happened to you guys before. It happened to me. A client can ask for a balayage, but what they really wanted was like to be all over lighter and then a little lighter on the end. So you might do a balayage on her and she's like, you don't even do my roots, right? She said balayage, so we assume what that means. We can say the same thing. Oh, I'm going to balayage you. And they might be like, yeah, that's great. Complete disconnect. So when we're speaking and consulting and all of that with our clients, we just need to make sure we're doing it on the same page. We're using their language. We're simplifying it. And um, I think it's Albert Einstein, but it's like, Somebody cool like that talked about how the smartest person in the room is the person who can say things simply and the person who can break down topics simply. Usually the people in the room who are trying to be so fancy and use big words and say all this complicated shit, they're just being pretentious. They're just trying to look smart and have this thing, but the actual smart people are the ones that keep it simple and break things down for you. So we want to make sure in our customer service experience, we aren't accidentally making our clients feel dumb, feel like they should have known better, feel like, Oh wow, you're asking for the wrong thing. You don't know what you're talking about. Like we want to call them in. We are 
allies, like we are besties in this process. And here's how we're going to do that. Okay, so that is number three or number four. And then number five is our physical environment. Okay, so five signs of a terrible customer service experience. Number five is our physical environment. Now, I talk about the physical environment a lot. So you guys, you know, I'm not going to spend a ton of time here, but a bad experience with the physical environment is just going to be it's too hot or too cold. It's uncomfortable. It's messy. It doesn't feel clean. The music's really loud or it's like really weird music that you're not used to <laughs> or don't really like. Um, you know, your beverages are are weird or not things that you like all of that okay so your environment can definitely lead to like leave a lot to <laughs> be desired when it comes to an overall experience and a lot of this is expectations so like and communication and like paying attention to your client's body language we have to accept that a lot of people don't want to say something that's going to make us uncomfortable or hurt our feelings. So even if we're like, do you like, is it too hot in here? Someone might not even want to say yes, even if they're boiling hot. So like paying attention to people's body language is equally as important. If you know it's hot, put out some ice cold water, right? Like, open a window or do something that helps the temperature and shows them that like you're caring and you're thoughtful towards them. Um, and when we want to go a step further from like, it's just, it's clean, it's comfortable. That's when we look at like all five senses. Okay. And even doing a check-in to see like, what do my clients see in here? Right? Like sometimes we just even forget what it feels like to be brand new in a space you're they're learning about you by sitting in your like when they sit down in your chair and you're away mixing color people are learning about you right and some can be good and some can be you know maybe bad so it's just about at the bare minimum having a comfortable clean environment and then anything from there is going to be icing on the cake but a few ways to make your environment even more comfortable is going to be, you know, giving your clients control or input on the music, on the on the scents that you burn if you have like essential oils, on the, you know, obviously the drinks that they have. It's making sure that they have little things that they're not going to ask you for. So maybe napkins, maybe a hand towel, maybe um obviously just snacks and things like I would just set that all out because a lot of people aren't going to want to interrupt you to be like, I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Or, you know, walk across the room to get a snack. But if they're all in front of you, they're probably going to feel comfortable taking them. So we just want to be thinking about all five senses in the good and the bad way, because a poor physical environment even if they leave with a great end result can be a big turnoff for clients. And especially if it's stuff like it's dirty, it's cluttered. Um, for me, music is like such a big deal. So like if the music is really bad, I am going to be stressed out and I will probably not come back. <laughs> like I won't come back and I won't even say why. Um, 
which, you know, hopefully we make environments where people feel comfortable saying why, but it all makes a difference. So let's recap the five and then I'm going to wrap it up for you guys. So five signs of a terrible customer service experience. So number one was lack of empathy. We are just listening to our clients. We are just, you know, being kind of present, but not fully present. And they can totally feel that. Number two, being difficult to reach. So either we are not clear about how to contact us or we're not clear about when we're going to get back to you, kind of what our vibe is. Um, and also treating our clients bad for reaching out. So if they message us at 11 p.m., that isn't on them. That is on us not having a better system, okay? So being difficult to reach. Number three is going to be rushing. We do not want to be transferring our anxious energy onto our clients. So getting better about communicating with them, you know, what's going on or why we might be rushing or just letting them know, okay, we added that on. So I'm really going to have to work efficiently. I'm not going to talk as much, but like, we're going to get this done. It's going to be fun. So just getting good about communicating. We do not want our clients to feel like an inconvenience, right? Ever. Um, number four is thoughtless language. So we are using these technical terms that we know exactly what they mean, but our clients don't know. They're not in our industry. So to them, it sounds like a second language. They don't want to ask because they don't want to feel stupid. They don't want you to think they're dumb, all of this stuff. So we want to be thoughtful with our language, with how we communicate, especially in the consultation, making sure that we're getting on the same page. And then number five was our physical environment. Is it clean? Is it like, is the music at a soft temperature so that no one's overwhelmed? Does it smell good? Is it, you know, all of that stuff. It's super, super important to the client. Like I said, whether they're going to tell you or ask about it or not, they could leave with amazing hair. And if they felt uncomfortable sitting in your space, not really gonna matter. They're gonna bounce out, okay? So all of these five things, and you guys might even have more that you would add to the list, right? Like things that drive you crazy when you're somewhere getting an experience, um, especially when you're paying $300 for an experience. It's like, what would you expect at that? What would you like? What's the bare minimum that would make you feel good? But in my opinion, it always comes down to expectations and communication, right? If we can effectively communicate what our clients can expect, what is happening, that we hear them, that we're doing things that are special for them. Like if we can just communicate super well, I think most of these things get solved on their own. And if you haven't, like I always feel like the best exercise to really check in on your experience and what clients are going through is going to be to go a city over where you don't know anybody and go get a service done. So even if that's a blowout, like go be a new client somewhere, go spend some money somewhere that is a stretch for you, right? A little more expensive than you would typically do. Like go put yourself in that because you will very quickly learn number one, 
some new tricks like wow that was so cool I've never thought about doing that I'm gonna start doing that for my clients so you'll either learn some new tricks and have an amazing experience or you're going to notice right away what isn't working and that will help you stop doing that in your own space but also have more confidence in what you offer it gives us the perspective to really understand how we're showing up in you know the good ways and the bad ways but as long as we can make our clients our focus everything is going to be okay it's all right to get to a place where you feel burnt out where you feel frustrated where you feel discouraged where you feel like oh you just can't make clients happy these days or whatever but whatever you need to do to get back to being in love with your clients and being in love with the woman who walks in the door and wants to work with you you have to do that and honestly if you don't have that anymore no shade right like no shade at all but if you're not in love with clients anymore and you hate them and you resent them and you get really mad at every little thing they do you might need a break or you might need a career change because there is not one business, there is not one successful business out there that doesn't love their clients, that doesn't love their clients. I want you guys to think about, you know, Netflix and Apple and all of these successful businesses. They're successful because they're like, what else does my dream client want to have? What else do they need? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? How can I make this easier for them? How can I make this more comfortable for them? How can I make them, you know, want to tell all their friends about it and show it off? Like we have to come to the table with that love and like that just like client centered vision for our business so that because that is what everything hangs on. And when we have that love for our clients and we have that compassion, everything else is honestly a lot easier. So as you're taking in this episode, I would say that some good follow-up work would just be number one, write out your experience that you want to create. So this can be from how your um, suite is set up for each client. What is the music vibe? What are the like scents that you have available? What are those extra touches for the five senses? How do you manage the, the conversations? What does that look like? What does it look like when you are running behind? What are some ways you can communicate better? What is your response policy to people? Like how soon or how long do you wanna wait between responding to messages or schedule changes and things like that? So write out your current experience that you're having. I also think it would be great for you guys to write out your trouble areas, like where are the areas that you struggle with. Um, and then lastly, I would go and get a service somewhere else in our industry. So sign up for, you know, a blowout, a haircut, anything, and go a town over where no one knows you. Don't tell them you're a hairstylist and really have this new experience so that you can have perspective of where you're standing and how your clients might be feeling. Okay, I hope this has been helpful. I know it's not a super fun topic, but these are the little things that make all the difference. So I love you guys. Have a beautiful week and I will see you all next week. Bye.